Welcome back to Brazil Crypto Report. Today we unveil our 2023 most influential series. We examine the 10 individuals who had the most impact on Brazil's digital asset ecosystem during the year. And be sure to stay tuned till the end to find out who wins our Villain of the Year award. All right. So we are joined here by Antonio Neto, uh, Vega Crypto. Thanks for being on the show, Antonio. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the uh, 2023 most influential list, so the great unveiling. So welcome hey, back to the Aaron. show. Amazing, hey, amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's going to be fun to, to go through these names. Uh, we had some controversial ones. Uh, some people talked about it, but we will leave that to, to the end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, I feel like with these lists, it's like sometimes you end up making more enemies than friends with these sorts of things. But anyway, w- but but the but but the point of this list, just to give everyone some context, is it, so we we came up with a uh, a preliminary grouping of like fifty names from across the the Brazil ecosystem, basically from uh, various different types of roles. So like YouTubers and content creators to builders to lawyers to government people to like banker Drex people. Uh, kind of every aspect of the the digital asset world, uh, and then also different types of uh, 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 you know just just trying to get like a diverse a, a broad subset of people, and then we put those fifty names out to to the to vote to the public, uh, and we left that open for about two weeks for folks to vote, and uh, we got a pretty good response. So thanks everyone for voted, and then we took those responses and we curated this top ten list. And it wasn't necessarily a popularity contest. This isn't just like, okay, you know, whoever got the most votes gets, gets in the top 10, but it was, the voting was like a very uh, impactful way of, of, of us formulating this top 10 list. We really wanted a top 10 list that is uh, kind of a snapshot of the Brazil crypto ecosystem at this point in time for the year 2023. So we wanted to make sure that all the different components are represented. Because uh, if it was a popularity contest, it would just be like all the YouTubers who would just tell their audiences to vote for them. And, and, you know, it's not really that useful. So, but anyway, but thanks everyone for voted. I mean, we definitely uh, took all those votes into account and, um, and yeah, so we're going to unveil this here uh, today with, with Antonio. So um, let's do it. it. Yeah. So first on the list, uh, I'm going to spin up uh, my screen share here. Uh, Just hold on one second. So first on the list is actually, we have, uh, Rafael Castaneda, so Casta Crypto, uh, and Casta is an interesting. I've never actually met Casta. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing him for the show here shortly, uh, but he got by far the most votes of anybody uh, in the in, in the poll. So he is uh, obviously he has a very like engaged community because they all came out and voted for him. Um, but I've listened to a few interviews with him. I'm, I've been familiar with him for for a while now. Um, and I, I really like his approach. Uh, he's been creating some really interesting content on, on YouTube and Twitter. He has he also has like a guild called Casta Guild, uh, that he's been doing. That's more of like an educational forum for people that are, uh, just interested in, in, in learning more about crypto and the community behind it and the tech behind it, et cetera. Um, and I think what I really like about Casta's approach is that he's not kind of like your typical, like stereotypical like youtube crypto influencer who's just shilling like meme coins and nfts and stuff but he's he goes really deep into a lot of the tech into some of the philosophy 
he even identifies as uh, like a techno philosopher. Uh, and he's got two decades of actual like software engineering experience. So he like knows the tech and is not just uh, kind of making things up and talking about it. So I find his content to be like very kind of like deep, but also accessible to the average person. Um, so uh, congratulations yeah. to Acosta. So. Yeah, some comments about about his work. Um, I, I would say that he's doing Satoshi's work, <laughs> doing this uh, full spectrum uh, um, analysis and education of uh, of the whole ecosystem. Because at the end of the day, crypto is composed by the speculative part, financial and so on, but it also has its own philosophy. So Casta has been doing some great work for the past two, three, two years. Uh, he's well known in the community and has done um, a very good job in educating people with the right content, right? Because a lot of these, uh, a lot of these YouTubers and influencers, they are mostly for the trend. They want to write it and then just leave everyone behind and just uh, and and doesn't take people out of the normal experience curve where they get into following in crypto, get into the top keep holding and then uh, and then uh, gets burned and holding the coin. So I think uh, the, the work done right now in the bear market uh, will pay off for him, for his followers. And I think uh, it's very, uh, um, very well deserved uh, um, nomination or sorry, um, um, prize, let's say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one other thing I found interesting about him is that he actually didn't really come into crypto at all until, until like 2021. Uh, and we're usually a lot of these real like technical guys. They've kind of been around for a long time. Uh, and usually yeah. the people that enter, the people that came in in kind of the 2021 cohort were more of just like NFT grifters and stuff like that. Like just that kind of came in when there's easy money. Um, yeah. So for somebody like of his kind of credential and background to come in at that time and, and, and it was just... It's just, it's not something you see very often, I guess. So I, I found that really interesting. Um, so moving on uh, to the next one, we have, uh, we have Helu Pasus uh, of Trex. So she has kind of become, I guess, sort of the face of uh, like blockchain gaming in Brazil. Uh, over the last few years, she built the largest Axie Infinity community in Latin America. I think there was, I think she had something like 30,000 gamers uh axie infinity gamers that were playing uh in her community and then she started uh trex the beginning of this year uh to basically help you know help help game developers and help kind of bootstrap uh communities around these games um but yeah so she's glad to have her on this list i think it's really cool to have uh just someone of her um like she's just a super cool person and she's very humble but she's just very passionate yeah, exactly. Um, I think that uh, gaming in Brazil, it's it's big. I think it's going to be enormous in, in Web3. And I think that at the end of the day, what we are looking, one of the things we look at that is um, who survived it and who came out stronger out of the, the bear market post last uh, bull market, right? Um, a lot of the people that went on to, to do stuff with Axe Infinity and create guilds and do this stuff, they just got burned and left. Um, I think she's maybe the only one who did something out of it. So again, very well deserved to be here. She's She has been building um, a great product, uh, got the attention of Vitalik and so on. So, but that, that shows uh, 
the the potential that that Brazil has uh, in terms of technology and then audience as well for 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 gaming. Yeah, and I think even though gaming was a pretty had a pretty bad year this year, uh, twenty twenty three, but it, it it feels like that the next bull cycle there's going to be a big uptick in these things uh, or in this particular segment, uh, just given the amount of VC money that's been thrown into this. Uh, and then just intuitively as a use case, it just makes a lot of sense, right? For a variety yeah. of reasons, just, you know, demographic reasons and whatever. Um, so excited to see, uh, you know, how Hello and her team can keep uh, the momentum going here into the new year. So congratulations to Hello Passus. Uh, so next we have uh, Gutu Antunas, uh, of, uh, who's head of digital assets at Itau. And uh, Itau had a pretty big year. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they just launched their uh, uh, crypto brokerage platform for retail for customers, uh, retail customers, uh, just Bitcoin and Ethereum for the time being. But hey, it's a start. And uh, they've also been involved in the Drex project heavily. Uh, they've been involved in some asset tokenization initiatives. They've got uh, kind of a custody service. They've been spending. I mean, Itaú's just been kind of uh, I think they have a team of like 50 people on their digital assets uh, group right now. So they're they've definitely emerged as a leader here uh, in in I mean I would even argue globally among banks uh, with regards to the digital assets. Yeah, totally. Um, their team I think is about seventy people right now. I think oh, it's really? The biggest okay. one in Latin America. Yeah, and um, I think that the two biggest banks like Itaú and BTG they have been doing some very good work. Um, uh, Itaú this year took. Uh, let's say uh, a more um, uh, hard, not hard path, but like a strong uh, desire to build in, in crypto. So they got, they invested in Liki digital assets. Uh, they started building the custody. The, now they just launched an exchange as well, similar to what PTG did. Um, and all of them have been, all of the banks in Brazil have been trying to push products that are closer to their core um, products. Um, and Itaú took a, a step further when they invested in Liki, where they're basically redesigning some old school TradFi protocols, right? Liki just uh, announced the TDIC, uh, which is a tokenized uh, credit fund. Um, and it's a very traditional finance uh, protocol that exists uh, as, as, as a product, as a fund. But at the end of the day, is a bunch of actions and processes that builds this, uh, this, this fund at the end of the day. So this fund is actually, um, it can become a protocol. So it's beautiful to see these uh, redesigns going on in the market. And uh, again, given the drags, and we're going to talk about this here, uh, it's it's actually beautiful to see these these things being redesigned to uh, to an on chain world and blockchain based. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool to see uh, you know really Brazil's uh, old you know one of one of the oldest largest banks really at the forefront on some of this stuff. Um, it's it's very encouraging to see, and uh, so congratulations to Gutu and the the Itaú team. All right, so next up we have Fabio Arujo. Uh, who is the Drex coordinator at the Central Bank. And uh, Fabio has been, you know, for, with some of these like Central Bank guys, I, I, I feel like they've, they've kind of been working in as like these kind of obscure technocrats for most of their career, right? 
and then now all of a sudden he's you know he's like they're like these celebrities right uh i feel like that's that's kind of the same that's kind of the vibe i get from fabio like he was just kind of this you know he's like this you know does his thing you know he's a nice guy whatever but like now he's this kind of direct celebrity uh being invited to talk at all these conferences and talk to all these journalists and things um but he's kind of he's sort of the face of this right uh of, of the whole drex project uh i mean obviously it's it's Roberto Campos Netus's uh, vision overall, but uh, Fabio is the one who's sort of been tasked with really, uh, you know, making it happen. Um, and uh, it's 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 an insanely sort of difficult, like very just broad vision project, right? That they're trying to implement here, and it's. Uh, but I feel like they're doing a pretty good job, right? Like they've got the pilot up and running, and they've they got everybody online. They've got the consortiums figured out. Um, they've got some you know, technical challenges as far as scalability and privacy and things like that. But, uh, none of that is, I don't think any of that is like unexpected. Um, yeah. but they're, they seem to be doing a pretty good job and they're like relatively on schedule. Right. So, it, uh, I mean, yeah, exactly. I think they're like, given all the resource limitations, um, the, the whole, uh, rewiring of the, the, the financial system, it's, it's a big, big, uh, endeavor, um, but I think that not withstand, not not um, not without reason that uh, he got he was one of the most voted because the market recognized the very good work they're doing, um, and Fabio seems to be this guy that actually knows got the time to understand. Of course, it, again, it's not a an easy feat, so he did a very good job getting prepared for it. Uh, and now he's doing a very good job preparing everyone to to come to the drags. Um, and I, I I think that's just a it's just a reflect a reflection of uh, the work they are doing. I think the central bank overall is uh, is doing a, a, a I, I won't say Satoshi's work because <laughs> then we would get into the philosophical part of it, but. Uh, they're doing a great work that will allow the economy to unlock a lot, a lot of value. And uh, we are seeing it already happening. And it, it, it basically warrants a full change or, well, not a full change, but like a big change in the overall market um, in general, because as I we just mentioned, uh, a protocol was changed, you know, like a, the way you build a fund for credits is now different. It's now being designed to be done on, on chain, on a DLT-based technology. So it's just great to see this whole uh, thing coming to life. And Fabio Araujo is the key person to make it happen here in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so congratulations to Fabio and, and the, the team there. Um, so moving ahead here, we have uh, Patricia Stili. Stili, I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce the last name. Stili, I think. Um, but she is the the CEO of B4, uh, which is a tokenized or a marketplace for for tokenized for basically a secondary market for trading tokenized uh, shares of of small to medium sized companies. And um, this is super interesting because. Uh, for for a number of reasons, like a, I think the the use case is one of these things that people in crypto and blockchain have been hovering over the target of for for many years now. And there's there's a lot of like the graveyard of projects that have tried to do this is pretty big, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Like things like T zero, 
you know, that raised tons of money back in the day and that the whole thing just, I think it got, just got scrapped. Uh, but a lot of the issue here is around like just regulatory, uh, you know, approvals and things of that nature. And, uh, but before they've been able to plug into the CVM regulatory sandbox and kind of get the blessing of that. Uh, so they're able to issue these shares, these tokenized shares, they're able to, uh, offer trading of these shares, um, and basically providing a service for, you know, providing some liquidity essentially for investors of these, uh, kind of small and medium sized companies that wouldn't necessarily, uh, exist otherwise. So, uh, and then what's really interesting here is that they've actually been able to close, uh, some partnerships with Itaú and Geniao to be basically distributors of these assets, right? Cause it's one thing to just, to, to issue these things, then you have to actually find people to buy them, right? So uh, having these distribution channels uh, in place and the regulatory infrastructure uh, in place seems like it's a pretty big deal. And like this, this, like this might actually work, right? Is sort of my read on this. Like uh, I think, I think all the ingredients are here. Yeah, totally. I think that next year we will see in Brazil a very big push in capital markets. And uh, B3 as the biggest, uh, and not the biggest, but the almost, no, sorry, there's another one. But uh, the biggest um, exchange in Brazil, they they have been in the forefront, in the vanguard of having this, this type of products coming out that could disrupt their business. So capital markets will be a big thing. Uh, we have the, the CVM issuing a, a CRIA, uh, which is basically a labs, uh, for uh, for the development of their tokenized ecosystem. Uh, we have the monetary uh, being done by the central bank. The CVM is looking into that. So they are, uh, uh, we, we are to see a lot of things going on on that front here in Brazil. And I think that B3 is just pushing ahead with, uh, with their investments and having this, uh, this one coming to life another just another comment here uh there is i think a couple other uh exchanges that are doing the same they tokenize they're tokenizing uh, small and medium businesses to um to allow investments be there in that equity or just equity insurance and so on for investments so again very very excited to see how that how that uh, comes to life next next year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to Patricia and the uh, B four team uh, for that. Looking forward to uh, hearing more about this in the coming year. So, uh, so moving on here. Next up, we have Guillermo Nazar, who is the uh, director general for Binance in Brazil, and uh, probably needs no introduction here of of what's happened over the course of this last year with him, but. He took this job around this time last year. Uh, he had a pretty distinguished career as uh, you know building out Uber in Brazil. Uh, very uh, you know very like Uber's Uber's massive in Brazil now. So he's obviously like is quite impressive what he built out there. Uh, he took this job with Binance, but a year ago as kind of the face, being the face of, of the the exchange here in Brazil. And uh, it's Binance has had sort of a rough year, I guess you could say. <laughs> You know, there's there hasn't been the easiest yeah. time. He probably didn't quite understand what he was getting himself into. But uh, you know, there's the CPI where he was dragged in front of the the committee, and they they basically kind of tarred and feathered him. 
yeah. even though he wasn't really even around when a lot of this uh, nefarious activity allegedly occurred. So it's not, you know, really his fault, but he was sort of blamed for it. Um, but nonetheless, Binance is still kind of the top dog, right? They're, they've still got the most market share globally and in Brazil. And uh, I think this, this settlement with the U.S. authorities uh, really kind of, uh, and, and CZ stepping down as CEO, I, I think that really gives Binance kind of a clean slate to start from. Um, and, kind of. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and the new CEO, yeah, kind of, yeah, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> potentially. Because, uh, yeah, because and, just a comment uh, here but, in Brazil, it's, but, uh, it's, it's still unclear, like the CVM is, is looking into what Binance did and so on. So, um, yeah, like Guilherme did a, a very good job to keep Binance on this, uh, on the position that they have, you know, like keeping um, the central bank and all the regulators just like, okay, yeah, let's get something going and leave everyone operating in Brazil as is. Um, but uh, I don't think overall, like uh, as some of you know, I, I was a former FTX. Um, so it's actually a, a work that should be done internally to avoid uh, paramed schemes joining your business. Of course, they will always find um, new ways to do it, but like uh, it is the the it is the business business to do it. So um, overall, I think they they did a great job. They continue to to perform well in Brazil. Um, next year is yet to be seen because, um, as I said, like CVM is not. Uh, taking the, the 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 their foot off the gas, you know they are going after Binance because all of the history that's pre Guilherme um, that it, that exists in Brazil. But uh, overall, uh, I would say that he pulled a a a a, a very good uh, um, talk, let's say, on the CPI. Um, he he. He showed everyone like he didn't say any lies, but he showed everyone how the market actually works. So um, that that's that's good and forces the hand of the regulator to see how they should proceed. Yeah, I thought he did a pretty good job holding up under some pretty intense questioning. Um, you know, obviously, I, I I think you know he's got some good lawyers who are training him on what to say <laughs> obviously but yeah uh but he did but it's still like you know being dragged in front of something like this and being in that type of situation is definitely not something that you know most people could handle so uh you know i, I think kudos you know to him for 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 handling that well and uh and it does seem it does seem like binance are they're, they're you know, they, at least they say they're trying to do they're you know, they're trying to pr move ahead with this uh, Simpal acquisition that would basically make them a, you know, a regulated, a regulated entity under the central bank. Uh, I think the, the new CEO even said that in an interview with Valor last week, saying that this is our plan, like there is no plan B, like we are going to become a financial regulated financial entity in Brazil. So it seems like they are trying to go ahead and, and you know, do the right thing here. So, uh, you know, we'll give them we'll get we'll take them at their word, I guess. Um, on that so uh i guess moving on on the topic of of the cpi <laughs> i guess staying on that topic we'll shift over to audi Ujiberu, who um i guess he's he's basically I mean, this guy's not really a new face in brazil crypto he's been interested in this since 2015 or 16 or so he's i think he's the guy that introduced like the original crypto legislation way back when they're trying to classify it as like e-money or something 
back in the day. And then he's, he's been, he was the force behind getting this, uh, getting the legislation actually passed last year around this time last year. Uh, and then he reemerged this year as the, the guy really pushing the, the CPI committee on, on financial pyramids. Um, and, and the, the, the CPI committee was, was pretty controversial in my view. I think it was a bit of a show in a lot of ways. It was just kind of political theater. Um, but I, I do think it had the impact of at least showing, demonstrating to the public that the government cares about this and they're trying to root out some of the bad stuff that was going on. And, and, and there was a huge problem with these pyramid schemes. It's undeniable. Right. So, yeah, uh, and that, that, that stuff really dealt a lot of reputational damage to this industry. So I think having, you know, it's too early to really say like, was this committee like a success or not? I, I think we won't really know that for a while, but it did, it seems like it had the impact of at least helping to clean up the image a little bit and just show people that, okay, like that government's paying attention. Like we're trying to crack down on this stuff. Uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I think that audio came from a very different end of the spectrum, um, back in 2015 or 16, there was the first, uh, proposed law for crypto then in 2017 if i'm not mistaken he took over that uh, project and at that time it was just um, financial crimes and activities uh, related to that and it moved it to um, maybe because the market mat matured uh, but it moved it to more of like okay let's build something that actually uh, can can't won't stifle innovation and uh will bring some some oversight to the market. So at the end of the day, like, like as you said, by this time last year, we had the law approved and it's a very high level one that uh, guarantees, uh, sorry, that addresses some of the biggest problems, like who are the regulators, some big uh, headlines, not sorry, not big headlines, but some big topics that are covered in the law and now are being detailed uh, by the central bank, who is the regulator. So, and then after that, after they understood better the market and uh, the technology and so on, they went on to the CPI and got that going. Um, and I think overall the CPI had good results, could have done more, could have, uh, by the end of it, it lost a bit of its focus, it went to, mileage points, you know, because we had the one to three miles problem here in Brazil. Uh, but I, I think overall it showed, um, it showed the, the Congress that pyramid schemes is not a crypto problem, but rather a fun, uh, uh, let's say a non oversought financial market, uh, or at least things, right? not like um like these 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 problems that we have against the the financial uh sorry the the the, the policy savings so um i think overall they did a very good job uh if we are to consider what usually uh the politicians do in brazil i would consider that a good job <laughs> they didn't <laughs> stifle innovation they they got things going they they uh, they heard and understood the market um and now they're just trying to like okay guys crypto is not a it's well defined it's not a currency it is an asset so if you want to 
we are going to treat that as an asset. If you want to trade this, oh, here it is, a virtual asset service providers, uh, a license. And then you have all these uh, yet to be seen again, um, uh, norms and, and, and laws that will come from the central bank regarding crypto and, and the VOSPs, the virtual asset service providers. And then against uh, these financial crimes that um, basically they, they, they play with the hopes of a lot of Brazilians um, to, you know, to have a better income, you know, to have a better life and so on. Uh, so hopefully they can uh, address that uh, on the coming law. Again, not a stifling innovation, but actually looking at the business models, what they're promising or even as or even guaranteeing um, as we're going to see ahead. But, uh, but yeah, overall, I think it's uh, we're on the right path. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so let's move ahead to the next one here. So we have uh, Bernardo Sruer of AB Crypto. So AB Crypto is the, the the trade association, I guess, would be the you know the English name for it, but you know, kind of trade group, lobby group uh, that that has that represents the industry here in Brazil. Uh, and Bernardo took over, I believe, in like you know early 2022. So he's been there for about two years as the I think he started as exec executive director and now he's CEO. Uh, I'm not sure if that has any tangible difference or not in those titles, but you know he's running the he's running the operation. And uh, what I found interesting about this was just that he you know when AB Crypto started it was just it was a kind of a small very like insulated lobby group of just of some local exchanges and their their mission was really just to sort of push this law that we were just talking about uh, this bill this legislation in Congress so it was it was you know a handful of local exchanges that were pushing this legislation and then they succeeded and they got it passed. Uh, and then, but this year they've really broadened out the scope and the, the remit of the organization. Uh, so I think they're up to maybe over 40 members now, uh, domestically and, and, uh, and foreign companies, uh, including some really big names like Itaú and MasterCard and Visa, like Chainalysis, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and that, uh, I think that's, that's super impressive to be getting names like that, joining a, a crypto trade association, uh, like the, the trade associations in the U.S., like they don't, they don't, they don't. I mean, I think some of us they don't take tradfi members. I think that's maybe that part of it. But like, like blockchain association, for example, they don't, they don't even take tradfi members. But, but in this case, for getting, getting, uh, you know, these types of these types of members in your ranks, it's pretty impressive. And I think, and they've rolled out a few other things, like some, you know, uh, kind of compliance credentialing type programs. Uh, they've done some good events. Uh, they've done like a census of the industry and provided just more kind of research and education kind of stuff. So they've 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 done a really good job of just like turning this into like a full blown uh, just trade association that represents the industry in Brazil. So uh, congratulations to Bernardo on that. But uh, any, any thoughts from you, Antonio? Yeah, um, Abe Crypto also has come a long way since 2017 or 18 when it was first um, incubated. Uh, and started existing. Um, and so um, this long way has come and has gone through some of the things you mentioned, like from being a um, closer circle of exchanges trying to lob um, and protect the market to a trade association that actually looks uh, into the economy of crypto, you know, like this 
this uh, blockchain slash web tree enabled economy. Uh, the name is even uh, a Brazilian Association of Crypto Economy. So um, I think they came a long way on, okay, again, just like uh, the regulators, just like the builders, just like the banks, they're like, okay, we see this as a force of uh, technological innovation where we can unlock value in the in the country and build more stuff on top. So uh, I think Bernardo Bernardo is the also the key person that has been pushing this train in let's say on the private market. If you want in one if in one side we have uh, Fabio Araujo like doing the drags and coordinating that uh on the other we have on the private sector we have bernardo trying to coordinate some of these uh big players in the market and interfacing with the regulators here in brazil and this is very very advantageous for the market because it just pushes and gives gives clarity for the regulators about everything and um allows the the crypto economy to be developed in the, in the market one last uh, comment is about the the certification program. Um, this again, they are doing this. Uh, uh, the same thing that exists in TradFi in Brazil is done by Ambima, which is certifying uh, uh, companies, you know, uh, professionals eventually, and so on, to guarantee that we have the right professionals in the market to uh, to actually work on this tokenized economy because well we just talked about itau uh, btg like these guys we would need to have their whole company understanding about blockchain what is a hash how this thing works because they are used to cobalt systems and now they're going to be moving to a almost out, out fully out automated uh, in, in terms of processes um, system, so we are we are to uh, we are very excited for that here at Vega. We are looking ahead to see how the market will will prepare and certify these uh, these professionals. Very cool. Companies. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so moving ahead now to we have uh, Joselu Lopez, uh, who's the CEO of SmartPay. And so he's the SmartPay is, is the, the company that basically created uh, the Swapix application and then the Truther app. And for those of you who don't know what this is, is, is basically a mechanism whereby you can convert instantaneously between BRL, Brazilian Reals, and, and USDT tether using PIX. So this application that he's built. It, it basically allows uh, whether a gring like a gringo or or even a Brazilian the ability to interface with the entire financial system in Brazil uh, without even needing a bank account. So you can you can make any any anywhere that accepts picks uh, payments, you can you can make a payment and it it just comes out of your like it it converts from like USDT into the the merchant receives the reals. And if you want to receive a payment, uh, it will. They can send you a PIX, and then it'll convert into USDT, and you'll get USDT in your wallet. Uh, and it's yeah. a super cool application that, in, in, and it can be used like anywhere that accepts PIX, basically. So if you're in Argentina, or if you're in Orlando, or if you're like anywhere in the world that accepts PIX, like you can use this application. And uh, it's just a, yeah. it. It just strikes me as like a very like very just like this is this is kind of like living out the 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 dream of of or like the promise of crypto where it's 
you're interfacing with the traditional financial system. Yeah, it's like, well, you're able to interface with the traditional financial system, but you're doing it in a way where like you control the money. It's not it's not some external third party bank that's controlling your money. It's like you control the money, but you're just using this. You're you, you know. It, 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 so anyway, so I, I'm I'm really excited about this product. I'm 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 um, you know, he's got some plans to roll this out in a bit more uh, kind of full fashion in the coming year. Um, yeah. so I'm yeah, Rosello Rus- is a is an OG in the market. Like his history goes back, his story goes back to like 2012 or 11 uh, with Bitcoin, like mining in in Paraguay and so on. So he's he's been around and he's seen uh, some of these uh, hurdles that is to interface with banks uh, and so on. So I think this uh, this application reflects that, and uh, they got a very good partnership with Bitfinex uh, and the, the Tether issuer. Um, so and these these solutions that they are creating now to make payments across uh across latin america that's a that's a very it's not an easy feat either so it it deserves recognition on uh on the the work done there yeah so congratulations to Hoselu. nice work uh and then rounding out the top 10 here we have uh mateus mora who is the ceo of brla digital and these guys were are an interesting case because I, I, I'd never heard of them at the beginning of the year. And I'm, I'm not sure many people had, but they, they started off, you know, the first half of the year, they were launching a kind of a, a crypto fund, like a CVM regulated crypto fund. And I mean, all these guys kind of came from TradFi backgrounds uh, basically, but they, they were, they were launching a crypto fund and then they had the realization that, Hey, maybe, you know, this is the thing to be doing is building out, uh, uh, basically crypto fiat on-ramp infrastructure. So they, they pivoted, they, they shut down the fund, they returned all the money to the investors they had lined up and they pivoted on dime and they spun up their own stable coin, this BRLA stable coin, uh, in addition to a bunch of different APIs for basically allowing uh, companies and projects to plug and play into, uh, into, into picks into, into the Brazilian, uh, fiat financial system, essentially. Um, and uh, they raised about three million reais in the seed round. Uh, I think the the former CFO of Binance was one of the uh, one of the, the was the lead of that round. And they they've already got they've only been at it for like six months, and they've already got a few interesting partnerships lined up. Like they're the on ramp for this for for Picnic, which is this DeFi project that's been getting a lot of traction lately. Uh, they're 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 the on ramp uh, for that. I think they've got a, they've got a couple of other interesting ones as well. Um, but these guys got a ton of votes in the voting. So they're like people, I guess they're, you know, they're maybe they weren't super well known six months ago, but people seem to know who they are now. So uh, yeah, this they, is really they, interesting. Yeah, they 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 got some uh, some very good uh, um, support from the community. Um, but yeah, the, the stable coin business is, I will say this, it's a bit unclear uh, how it's going to be. But a raising on the bear market, goddamn, that's a very good feat to be achieved. Um, and uh, and yeah, we we were just talking about Rosalo. Uh, it's it's kind of this payment problem. It's uh, even though I've I had I have been researching recently about this, and it's uh, it, it, there is a lot of people participating in payments and building solutions and so on. 
and uh, I believe that the differentiation will be on the value add and the, the speed of the transactions, you know, like all of that rather than uh, the fees itself to to perform a transaction. So, yeah, on my side, uh, uh, I think that uh, it's well deserved as well for raising some capital uh, 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 on the bear market. Uh, it proves that they're probably solving someone's problem because in the bear market, the, the VCs change a bit of their their goal uh, on raising on what, and what they're looking for. So yeah, congratulations to the to the BRLA team. And then uh, to round out here, we have our Villain of the Year award. So uh, in 2021, this went to uh, the Gladesun, uh the Gas Consultoria guy, Pharaoh of Bitcoins. Last year, it went to the Sheik of Bitcoins. Uh, this year, it goes to uh, your namesake, actually, uh, Antonio Neto Ice <laughs> from uh, yeah. from Paraiba, who is the CEO of Bryce Company. So this guy ran a one and a half billion dollar or billion real uh, pyramid scheme, basically uh, kind of the same as the others, you know, promising 10 percent monthly returns. He had 10,000 some investors uh, around this time last year. Some investors started complaining that they weren't getting their withdrawals. Or they couldn't withdraw money, and then by February it was the whole thing had just imploded, and uh, the police raided the the Bryce Company headquarters in Paraiba. Uh, but by that time, uh, Antonio Neto Ice had already he was already gone. He'd already like sold all of his stuff, all of his mansions and whatever, and he fled the country. And he's supposedly in Argentina. Uh, we think I heard here. that he was around in Campina Grande again. In oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah unfinished maybe, business right maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh well anyway but he he appears to have uh gotten away with it uh for now anyway so um i don't know if that warrants yeah, it's a, it, it, but... <laughs> yeah it doesn't warrant a congratulations <laughs> um but uh it's worth mentioning um i believe every year to to bring someone some of some villain to show people and uh, keep it fresh for them uh, to not fall for these promises, you know, like these guarantees of, oh, you're going to make, I guarantee you, you're going to make 5% a month with me. Like, that's just impossible. You, you can target 5%, but you're guaranteeing it. Uh, I would be aware of that. Um, but yeah, anyways, I think that uh, it doesn't, it, it doesn't deserve the warrant, but it shows how um, how, how the, the market is evolving and maturing, right? But uh, we are to see, again, next year, hopefully we don't have as much PyramD schemes as we had in the past. It's about $100 billion uh, reais problem in Brazil. It's about $20 billion um, have been uh, uh, robbed scammed out of people um in the last two or three years if i'm not mistaken so so yeah um not congrats to him but congrats to, to congress and to um for passing some laws about it because not even the police found him yet <laughs> yeah and, and and i i do think that this bryce company example was was one of the one of the factors that led to the cpi committee being uh, instituted or being put into place, right? It's just because yeah. 
Like we've hit, we've just had like one scheme after another that's collapsed over the year. And then you keep thinking, okay, that's the last one. And then there's like another huge one that comes. Yeah. So, uh, we even anyway, have, so, had the Ronaldinho Gaucho involved in one. So, yeah, yeah. We first talked about Ronaldinho Gaucho. Yeah. He, he didn't make the list this year, unfortunately. Maybe he could be at the <laughs> villain, villains, villain of the year list for next year or something. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, the, this, this pyramid scheme stuff continues to, I mean, even, even just, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had this whole titanium asset thing that uh yeah. still waiting for details on that exactly what's happening there but yeah there, there still seem to be some some of these things that that might crumble still unfortunately so be wary be mindful of these things so yes anyway um well that does it for our 2023 most influential list congratulations to all the uh all the winners or all the the nominees and uh Thanks to Antonio for uh, for going over this list with us here, and uh, thanks everyone who voted in the in the in the the survey. Yeah, it was my pleasure to to be part of it, and uh, count on me for next year. Cheers. Amazing. <laughs>